Hello, and welcome to the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer. This is episode three, as usual. I'm AJ Kearns. I am your host for this adventure. So far, so good. Hopefully, you enjoyed episode one and episode two. And if you didn't, that's okay, too. You're back with us for episode three, featuring Luke Snowbeck, art director for Spiteful Brewing, based out of Chicago, Illinois. You might not be familiar with Spiteful, so that might be another cool feature of the show for you, getting turned on to a new brewery. I highly recommend you get a chance to check them out. I've had the pleasure of enjoying several of their different offerings throughout the Chicago area, and I suggest you do the same. Check them out at Mm -mm 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 spitefulbrewing.com. It was great to catch up with Luke, learn how he became employee number one, some of the inside jokes, which I think you'll definitely appreciate about some of the beers, that process, and just see what Luke's up to in and outside of the brewery. Luke Snowbeck, the artist. Another great episode. I want to thank you once again for being a part of this adventure. 16OZCanvas.com. That's 16OunceCanvas.com for everybody scoring at home. And remember out there when you're throwing up your pictures, your beer porn or whatever you're calling it, give us a little love. Hashtag 16OZCanvas. I'd love to see what you're doing out there. As always, looking for new artists. We've got a great lineup coming up for you. But right now, without further ado, it's Luke Snowbeck, Spiteful Brewing, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer. Enjoy, folks. Well, again, thank you for being a part of it. Uh, we have Luke Snowbeck here with us today at 16-ounce canvas, uh, art director at Spiteful Brewing, uh, based out of Chicago. If you have yet to check them out, please uh, do so. Uh, Luke, can you give us kind of a little bit of background? How did you, you know, team up with the brewery and you know just your your background as an artist? You know, where are you coming to us from? Uh, yeah, I went to school. Well, I grew up in Minnesota, and I went to school at St. Cloud State University, and I studied painting there. I got my undergraduate there. Uh, BSA in painting, and then um, after I graduated there, I moved to Chicago. Um, and then, how did I come um How did I come up with the brewery, or how did I meet those guys? Yeah. Um, so once I moved here, my first job I got, I was a bike messenger downtown, um, and that's where I met Brad Schaefer, the one of the co-owners of Spiteful. He was currently a bike messenger as well, and he had plans to open a brewery. Um, so he quit that and just focused on the brewery side of, um, of what he wanted to do, and I continued working as a bike messenger, and Spiteful kind of you know, came to be a real thing, and I did a couple labels for him while I was still messengering, and I continued to help him out with artwork for after I think about a year after they were up and running and had beer on the shelves. And then um, when they were able to afford a, an employee, they were, I was the first one that they brought on. 
That's a pretty that's a pretty good uh, honor distinction to have to be employee number one. Yeah. Now, what yeah, was the uh, what was the the first of those early labels that you did do? Uh, the first one I did was Ghost Bike Pale Ale, which was in a bomber, which was all that all that we did for the beginning. I think two and a half years that we opened up, and then we started doing cans. Um, that was the first one I did myself, and then he had other friends that would do artwork, and then that would get handed off for me to me, and I would like bring it into the computer and color it and do the layout and everything and send it to get printed. So even if I didn't do the full label, I was involved in most of the early on ones with coloring and layout. Now, yeah, and there's also, yeah, several of the of the labels and the, the beer names, you know, pay pay uh, homage to the, the bike messenger uh, life, right? You have messenger... Yeah. IPA, I believe there's one bike messenger, and then even just uh, the alley time, right, with all the bikes. There's probably a few other ones. Yeah, the alley time is um, came from when we were messengers. We all always would go to this one alley and drink High Life or, yeah, it was mostly High Life that we drank in there, High Life and Ice House. Um, and this alley, because no one would bug us, so we'd get off work from a long day and just go to the alley and have a beer. And just get on the radio to each other and say alley time. Yep, alley time, and meet everybody there. Oh, great! That's awesome. Yeah. So, how was it being a bike messenger? What, what, what was the? Did you all have the certain things you were delivering, or? Um, kind of. So a lot of it was stuff for lawyers and architects, um, blueprints and stuff, and then lawyer stuff being ran back and forth that had to have actual physical signatures on it. Um, so we would show up downtown and just check in and check in on the radio and then we would just start giving work handed to us as it came in. So the day was pretty much totally random for what we were doing. Yeah, now were you still doing art on the side? Do you still, do you still paint? Yeah, I still paint. Um, I draw more than I paint now and I'm drawing um, with this comic book club club called the trouble club in Chicago here. So local, local artists that focus on comics and I really like um, to add like a humorous side and some text to my artwork. So I think that fits in pretty good. Oh yeah. I think even, I think, uh, you know, several of them have that, you know, four pain, storyboard style on the on the labels i believe it's the is it the four wiener series you know like kind of yeah yeah yep exactly yep that's a wiener series and yeah the first one was the selfies are for wieners and i liked um the idea of the four panels so we just decided to keep that for the rest of the the wiener beers yeah i think that was one of the first times i mean i had uh spiteful and uh gfy and i I have to I have to crack it open. I have a, a ba- I think I have a barrel aged goddamn uh, pigeon porter in the basement. Um, but that was like I think that was when I'd come back to town. And I was like, oh, what did they have from like that was the first time I, you know, I I'd go to several of the spots and I, I remember going and saying, oh, what, what's new from Spiteful? And they're like, we had this we had this new one. They're just like the guy was laughing as he was telling it to me. I was like, that's the name of the beer. He's like, yeah. 
selfies are for wieners. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's get one of those. Yeah. We all have a pretty strong dislike for selfies at the brewery. Oh, yeah. I definitely, yeah. If anyone hasn't checked out the website, spitefulbrewing.com, but what I like is all the artwork is up there for a lot of the beers. And it's definitely, it's pretty, you get a good sense of the, the vibe of, of the brewery, I, I feel, and it's probably, it's probably a little bit, uh, you know, uh, muted a little bit, but yeah, it's definitely a little anti, anti-corporate, which I, I really think is awesome, and uh, I think that, I think you guys have an opinion, and I love that, how do the, how do the names of the beers come up? Do they have any correlation to the style, or is it more like, let's talk about a topic, and then we'll figure out what we're going to make as the beer later? Um, yeah, it's more, it's more topical for the, the name of the beer instead of a direct correlation to the style. Um, but when I, when I do a label, um, I base that off of the name and then it seems like the color palette that I choose is more based off the style. Like if it's a IPA or a pale ale or something light, I'll choose a, a lighter, a lighter color palette, and if it's a darker beer, beer I'll choose, you know, some more neutral, darker colors. Generally, yeah. Look, yeah, looking at them, that that actually is is a, is a subtlety I probably never would have uh, picked up on. So that's yeah, that's really interesting. So, how far out between the brewing and the the artwork? How is that process for you? Um. So I get, let's see, I'll get a name of the beer maybe three or four weeks before I have to send it into print. And I send it into print uh, about a week after it gets brewed. So uh, the printer has enough time to turn around the proof to me and get it printed and sent out. So yeah, I usually have three to four weeks to make a label. When you first started doing that from your, was it, was it a, how was that was it difficult for you to work on such kind of i guess small canvas or were you familiar with the 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 pressing and the packaging and the you know the labeling process or was that some a kind of trial and error period for you um drawing wise i usually would work pretty small so um i was kind of used to about that scale but um as far as the beer uh, the label as a canvas definitely different between like bombers and cans and even like a 12 ounce between a 16 ounce can um, like a 12 ounce can you definitely have more than one side to it you can't really give it a front or a back it's more viewed you know 360 and I think to me at least 16 ounce that you can dedicate like a front to it and maybe almost I've seen people do like a, you know, the same image reflected on the label to have like a front and back. Um, and then bombers definitely have a front to it. Um, I like them all. I think maybe 12 ounces is my favorite to do. Maybe working with the, as one continuous image going around. I like that. Okay. And one of the, the subtleties are the things that maybe the, the stories behind each beer on, that are on the label. Is that also you or is that, is that kind of the, 
the team? How how is the they're because they're pretty hilarious. So who comes up with um, kind of the in the beginning it was more of a group effort, but lately it's been um I've been doing pretty much all of it and then sending it back to the guys to get some um, some edits and stuff. But in the beginning, we all tried to work on it and we'd all be going in different ways and it was just kind of um, took longer than it should. So, um, Yeah, I can imagine, I yeah, many, yeah, many uh, sessions of, yeah, trying to, because really it's basically, you know, a short paragraph so you're trying to yeah get it all in there and probably one of those ones too many cooks in the kitchen so that, that kind of makes yeah, sense. yeah exactly so it kind of got all dedicated to me at one point and then um i would kind of give it a general feel and send it out and people would have some suggestions or edit and send it back and then i would refine it but that's actually one of the harder parts of of working on the label for me um you got such a you got like four or five sentences and then it's hard to start a story and end a story in that amount of time and have it be funny. Right. And as an artist yeah. yeah. And as an artist you're probably like, I'm telling my story with my art and now I have to actually tell it in a verbatim. You know, it's kinda yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. An image is supposed to say so many words, now you have to say it in, you know. There's six, you know, in these four, six to eight sentences, probably actually less than you, th- I think, yeah. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, probably around six, but it's fun. It's a good challenge. I yeah. enjoy having that little, that little blurb on the side. Like I said, yeah, it's kind of, it's unique, you know, and I think it, it adds, it adds an extra element to it that when I was, you know, going through some of them, I, 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 did, I didn't realize as much as, you know, went into it or the, little stories. So I, I, I do appreciate that. And it's, it's great to know that that's you. So when it comes over with the, the name, it has kind of a, what, what the premise was or where the mindset was, you know, with it. Um, well, we would do the, the side blur based off of the name. Yeah. The name would be first and then we'd come up with the, the text on the side. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Bless you. So we we talked about before. There's the the four wieners series, and uh, how many of those? You know, how, is that an ongoing? Is it more, or if there's ones planned for the future? Is it more when kind of uh, pop culture or things become become quote unquote norms that people have their opinions about? And you know, I think there's you know man bun hashtags, uh, group text, corporate life. I think is yeah. one. And there's then so, a, um, there's a net, networking, networking networking right yeah yeah okay yeah I think you I think you got them all nice all right yeah um, we I think we have one coming out soon but that we're trying to keep it more of um like our fruited IPAs that's kind of our or adjunct IPAs that was kind of our series that we were doing that with all those beers have a like selfies as honey networking is passion fruit um i can't think of exactly which the other, what the other ones are but man bonds uh is yeah. kiwi kiwi yeah um so yeah those that's an ongoing thing and kind of this something comes up and you know just 
conversation around the brewery, like, oh, that'd be fun to, you know, poke fun at in a beer label, and we'll do a beer based on that. Um, it's kind of one of those that can't really be forced. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's uh, they 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 speak for themselves, and I think I think to your point, right? If 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 every of the beer you guys came out with was became a four wieners series, it would kind of lose some of its, you know, street cred. Yeah, for sure. So, for the for the for those that you know scorn at home, how would you describe your, you know, aesthetic from a like artistically, like for, you know, it's and and your process. Um, aesthetically, um, as far as a, like label wise, generally generally in the beer world, that takes a little bit. Um, raw and somewhat unrefined as opposed to like um, a regular like graphic design um, mentality of making a label where it's all clean and symmetrical and um, made in the computer. I All my labels I do are all hand-drawn and then I'll scan it in and do the color and layout and um, I usually use Photoshop um, for the labels, I use Illustrator too, but I tend to use that more if I'm doing um, like a event flyer or something that's more text-based. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's a little bit kind of rough around the edges sometimes. If that makes sense at all? Yeah, I I think that yeah, it's not a it's. Yeah, I think the not refined is is the best way to put it, and not in a and I you know, the hand drawn it has a little cartoon aspect to it. It reminds me uh, yeah. a little bit of uh, Mike Judd, you know, from uh, I think like the, oh, uh, yeah, I see that a little King bit. King of the uh, Hill and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I th- I think you know yeah. I think it's I th- and I think that there's some other yeah I think that uh, you know. You guys must love The Simpsons. There's a you know disco stew beer. I, I, I definitely, like I said, I, I I feel that you guys are a good bunch over there. Yeah, we've got a few Simpson reference beers. We got that one, and then we have um, Cletus the Slack Jawed Yokel. Right. Good. Yeah. And also, we did a, a 16 ounce four pack called "You Don't You Don't Win Friends with Salad." Yes. Which. Yeah, if you don't know that song, yeah, reference. yeah. If you're listening to this and you don't know that, you should just pause this and go Google that, and then you'll you won't be able to get that song out of your head. We interrupt this episode to share with you a classic Simpsons moment. Dad, can't you have some other kind of party? One where you don't serve meat? But all normal people love meat. If I went to a barbecue and there was no meat, I would say, "Yo, Goober, where's the meat?" I'm trying to impress people here, Lisa. You don't win friends with salad. 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 And now back to our regularly scheduled program. That yeah, that comes up sometimes when it's like, oh, tonight we're having dinner, and I'm like, oh, you know. You know, what's for dinner? Oh, we're having a salad with this. And I'm like, oh. And then, dun, dun, dun. yeah, I got my kids singing that once, and the wife was not appreciative. 
Mm, I could imagine. And even the, yeah, I just pulled up the, the man buns are for wieners and it has the kind of Bart Simpson, you know, writing on the chalkboard. I mean, I know that punishing kids to write on a chalkboard was not a, a Simpsons init- you know, origination, but it's, when you see a kid writing on a chalkboard, the first thing you think of is, you know, Bart Simpson, at least I do. Yeah, Simpsons definitely had an influence behind that, that part of the label for sure. Excellent. you cool cats out there you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer we are at the halfway point here interviewing the art director for spiteful brewing luke snowbeck the man himself responsible for the great labels that make up spiteful all the crafty little stories on the side panels and the comic book man himself part of the chicago trouble club and a big reveal coming up next remember folks tell your friends spread the word all you beer geeks we mean that in the most positive and kind kind of way it takes one to know one and uh, yeah we thank you for subscribing sharing downloading pirating whatever you're into we're just glad that you're joining us here at the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast we'll have a new one for you every friday We've locked down our first 12-pack of artists, and we're really excited who we have in the future for you. We're only at episode three, and we are just getting started. We are going to keep doing this all year long, bring you artists from across the country, and hopefully one day around the world. But again, this episode features Luke Snowbeck, 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 from Spiteful Brewing. Check him out, spitefulbrewing.com. Learn all about their artwork, all their great beers. If you have a chance to get in the Chicago area, pick yourself up a sixer of Spiteful IPA. It's their flagship beer, and it is great. Again, Luke Snowbeck, right here, the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer. We're going to get right back into it. Enjoy. And... Are you Lunch Beer Luke? I have to assume so, unless you have multiple Lukes at the the brewery. I am, yes. The one and only. I used to have a beer at lunch pretty much every day, but I slowed that down. Yeah, you're, you have, yeah and your Lunch Beer Luke is a double IPA, which is, you know, that's a pretty, uh, it's a good, good lunch commitment right there. <laughs> that is, yes. Only one of those at lunch. Yeah, only once. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah that that would be that would be hard for me. Is I think working at the brewery and all, especially the all the new beers. You want to try it and see what what that tastes like, and then you, know, you have your your favorites. Is there a favorite? You know that that you know your favorite spiteful or your you know, your top you know, that you're excited when it comes back around. Um, I really like our the beers that we put out in the six packs, the Alley Time and the Spiteful IPA. Because they're they're more crushable. You can you know drink them all day long, have a few of them, and you know not feel it too much. <coughs> I generally like hoppier beers, just personally myself. 
just drinking a few like so I'll have a stout I'll have a stout or a porter but if I'm going to drink a few beers I like um, IPAs or pale ales yeah I, I agree when I'm in when I'm in Chicago and I definitely always grab a, a six pack of the spiteful I mean I'm only in for a couple of days but I you know have the the hotel room beers they're much better than what's usually served at the hotel so that's yeah. I, I've I, I've come to to love that and the can is is very distinctive you know I think so it's like I can just see it when I'm coming in I'm like all right boom there it is and then I figure yeah, out which beer, I figure, yeah exactly and it's 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 really it's still it's it's really a great look it has a hand-drawn feel to it but still has that kind of repetitive pattern that fits around the whole can I think it's really nicely done yeah, thanks. Oh yeah, I, I I appreciate. Like I said, I appreciate the the artwork, and I think with with technology and you know the ability for people to can easier than they've really ever been before, I think it's just a great. It's just kind of a. I think it's a turning point. I think you've seen more craft beer and cans in the last two years probably than we you've seen I think ever, and I think that's great. I mean, from a distribution standpoint. It's much easier to keep in the truck. You can fit more in the truck, and so, and then Mother Earth is, is happy too. Yeah, absolutely, and the beer stays fresher as well. It's just yeah, all around package, and you can, uh, you know, bring it to the beach where they don't allow glass. Well, they probably don't allow beer either, but. Well, one out two, right? You just say, yeah, you say <laughs> to them, "Hey, it's not glass," and they're like, "All right, you know." Yeah got that going for me come on yeah i think if yeah i think they're usually, and it's usually some kid who's like you know on his college break working there so i mean it's not really this like massive shakedown it's like come on all right yeah. cool all right okay. yeah that yeah we used to go to a lot of music festivals um and that was really the problem you know every summer you'd have like two or three beers you could choose from and then it just kind of exploded you know we're here up in i'm in connecticut and so we're in the New England area. And I think one of the first non, you know, traditional quote unquote was like magic hat. Number nine did that. And it was like, Oh wow. Okay. And then it just like, just started popping up like crazy. And now everybody okay. does it. They started canning. Yeah. It was number nine was one of the first ones they canned. You know, that was traditionally a bottle beer. I mean, I know that Oscar, Oscar blues, uh, you know, with, with their, you know, their IPA, they were one of the first ones to do that, you know, mid, you know early 2000s, but it, were, it really wasn't a universal thing for, for a long time. And so I think the canning is, is it's, pre, it's pretty great. Yeah, and then Oscar Blues did that um, larger format can too. Yeah, they do, the, they, do the, they do yeah, the 1050, which is like a 19.2 ouncer. So it's, it's yeah, a, that it's a per, fun size. Yeah, it's pretty, that's a commitment. It's definitely, yeah, that's definitely kind of, it's like two beers in one sitting. It's like, oh, one beer. It's like, all right. It's like getting the boot at like a German place. It's like, oh, it's only one beer, but it's like 40 ounces. Sure. So another, which is nice also, you also have different series is kind of intertwined in the, the goddamn Pigeon Porter has a slew of, of variations. How does that go? Is that just something that you just everyone's just trying to, you know, evolve or play with or try different st- different tweaks on it? I mean, there's the, the there's the whole section on the website that just is all of the, 
the goddamn yeah dedicated to that yep dedicated to that um yeah we've made a lot of those those variations and it's probably our favorite beer to to play around with the, the bass style with the bass beer and adding adjuncts to it um it's pretty much if anybody has a a good idea and if it's um doable uh, for the recipe and i think for doable we think we can pull off that flavor profile for for an idea for it we'll give it a try um yeah all those style all those different flavors that just kind of came up from us brainstorming and like oh i'd like to try that in a beer well you know why don't we try it kind of that sort of thing now for folks who don't know about spiteful on a on a regular basis how many different beers are being brewed you know at the brewery um let's see that's a good question so we have all right we have seven five barrel tanks and we have five seven barrel tanks um and then all right so we package on monday and tuesday we package three tanks and then wednesday thursday friday we brew those back up um and let's see i think now monthly we're coming out with two or three bombers a month and then the rest of the time the tanks are mostly dedicated to um the cans alley time and spiteful ipa and goddamn pigeon porter and working for the weekend um yeah i don't know if that answered your question very good or not but there's a lot, a lot to think of. We got a lot of tanks, right? Yeah, I think that it's interesting just to see that process. It's usually more tanks and less space, and you know, it's like a, a dance going from each and making sure that there's certain days. And then you could, you know, I just always find it, I find it impressive how it's what's able to be done with the the space and knowing what when this beer is going to come out and you know what we have to do and. Yeah, I just yeah, Brad really has the the schedule dialed in to a T. Um, it's always package three tanks and then brew those three tanks back up at the end of the week. Now, you were employee number one. How many how many folks are on the spiteful you know, team now? Uh, we have two other employees besides me. So it's Brad and Jason are the co-owners, and then. Um, Andy, he's the brewer, and Calvin is our um, sales distribution and marketing guy. Oh, so excellent. yeah, right now we um, do all self-distro. Right, and that was my that, that was actually you know, high five. That was my next question. One of the things I I loved when I first uh, was introduced at the brewery was that the fact that I, you know, I, I checked multiple locations and everyone said you know, that you guys, I think it's some you know, uh, alcohol law that based on the, the amount of alcohol made or, or something that you're able to self-distribute uh, in, in Chicago and that you guys would you know, hand-deliver it to the different stores. And so I just thought that was really, really intimate and I thought it was really great, which made it more, which you could tell that the, the people at the different stores I would visit, you know, it wasn't just another brewery that was on the shelf. Yeah, it's 
it's great for us too because we can um, sort of handpick what stores we want to be in, and we are in control of the beer from the time it leaves the brewery till it gets to them. So we know exactly what's going on with it, and um, yeah, I think it's a lot better that way, even though it's more work. Yeah, I would, yeah, I definitely. It, I don't want to minimize the extra work, but it definitely goes a, a long way. I've heard you know, many a story of it goes to distribution and someone jacks the prices and up. We have or, no clue right. where it where it goes. Right. Yeah, right. It doesn't. It doesn't have that. Yeah, it, it doesn't give you much control. And I think that while you have that, I think it's important. And you obviously come to learn who's you know a genuine supporter and you know where what markets you're stronger in, you know, and because Chicago is a, a great beer town and it's very, it's, I have to imagine it can be very competitive. So I think it's, it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is there a, do you have your own, does the, the crew, do you have a local spot? Is there a local kind of, you know, spiteful bar that, you know, gets more of the, more of your, your beers than other places? Um, not that I could say off the top of my head, every every spot that we're on tap at um, has pretty much supported us from the beginning. So we, you know, try to support them equally as much as we can. Um, that was yeah, that was very uh, diplomatic. I I realized as I asked that question, I was like, somebody's gonna get pissed off if he answers that. Yeah, we love, <laughs> we love Joe's, and Joe gets all the awesome barrel aged special stuff, and yeah. So you know, we we try to to delegate as equally as we can, because yeah, literally every we're not at, at a ton of bars on tap, so um, pretty much every bar that we're in has literally supported us from the beginning, which is awesome. That is awesome. Now you have come out with several, you know, barrel aged beers, uh, absinthe aged beers. Now, how how is that at the brewery? Because I mean, those obviously you're saying you have a, a system. Is that you know having is that a certain space in the brewery, or how, how is that process? Um, for barrel aging, yeah, we have a um, small section where we or the barrels we usually don't barrel age more than see i think around eight barrels at a time is usually what we have space for and um i mean when we package them we just kind of have a a longer packaging day on a monday or tuesday than we usually would have so it doesn't really mess with the schedule too much okay um and yeah, the absinthe beer was an interesting one. Did you get to? Did you try any? No, I I, I was I, I did not get to try those. They I, I I tried to find those around town when I was, but they were they had flown off the shelves. Or I didn't know the secret handshake that happens sometimes. Oh. Which I res- I respect that though. I'm not a I'm not a regular at some of these places, and so I don't I don't hold, I don't hold those grudges. I think it's you know they're like oh you know we don't run out of those and maybe yeah. you know but it's all right. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty polarizing beer because it was really kind of heavy on a, the anise taste, like the black licorice. And yeah, it's because that's what absinthe tastes like. And I think a lot of people maybe hadn't tried absinthe before that and didn't know what it tastes like. So it was probably not what 
some people were expecting. Right. Some people are like, oh, this has one of the special, you know, spiteful kind of almost black and white esque labels. They must I had to get this, and it's like, oh, I yeah, certain special beers come out, and I'm just like, I don't, I won't if that's if they're doing it right and it tastes like it says. I'm not. I don't like those tastes. So I'm like, you know, I don't have to. I don't. I don't have to buy it just because it comes out. Because somebody who really likes that and then can't get it, I'm kind of like, okay, then that's. It's not always worth. You know, no one can hit a thousand because the, you know that's that's how I look at it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I enjoyed them. I I enjoy absinthe and the those flavors and it was a unique barrel. Unique barrels to get. We were. Uh, our neighbors are Leatherby Distillers, and they um, make a local absinthe here. So we got barrels from them at the time. I, yeah, I, I honestly can say I, I don't, I can't think of another brewery that's done an absinthe beer. So I think that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I think they're one of the only distilleries um, in the country that do their own absinthe. Yeah, I, I, I have. I think of absinthe having like, you know, the original with the the wormwood and having the hallucinogenic effects. So I I probably have have not delved into that, but it's probably I probably probably should give it a shot. Yeah, you should try it. All right. It's pretty fun. They have um like a special dropper. It like drops it really slowly on the top of a sugar cube into a glass. It's kind of a little process. All right. Well. I will be back in Chicago soon, so I will. Uh, I'll. I'll. I'll uh, hit you up and look for the directions. So I'll check it out. All right. I'll have Uber on speed dial <laughs> for the ride home. Uh, so, obviously, there's great brews that you're having, you know, at the quote-unquote office. But what do you? What are you drinking that's not, you know, spiteful? What's in the fridge? Oh, um, my other favorite in town is Half Acre. Oh, great. Yeah, I like them a lot. Those are the big ones, but um, Gonaway is my favorite beer from that. I drink that all summer long whenever I see that out. So, yeah, got to go with Half Acre. Excellent. And it earlier we mentioned kind of, you know, the, the labels and the names of the beers have, you know, either tongue-in-cheek messaging or have a have a vibe to them. The the dumb Donald is that uh, given kind of the current climate? Uh, is that something that may come back again, or how is that received? You know, was that? Yeah, I, I think it was um, great. I don't know if it would come back again. I would say don't get don't get your hopes up. Probably too soon for it. Um, <laughs> It was received really, um, really positively and also really negatively. There was some, obviously, still, which still is a certain the situation within. There's some people that really like it and some people that hated it. Um, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny too. <laughs> I I didn't even I didn't like I said I was researching and I didn't even realize that had come out and so I was I, I was I, I was trying to find out when it was released and I think it was in the summertime so I was just thinking you know how some of these labels don't take themselves too seriously I in my mind was like oh that would be a great series I think it might 
be too easy, yeah. But like shooting fish in a barrel. But yeah, I think it was a because because I think I saw the label first before I saw the name, and I was like, that looks oh there it is. okay that's what it is. <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. uh, I like that one too. I I would like to bring it back. It's a really good beer. Um, does that of... yeah? Does that happen often? It seem it seems there's so many beers. Is it? Are they usually one off or you know one or two off? Is that does that happen a lot? The beers get brought back again. How how does that process go? Um, it's more of uh, they usually get brought back, but it's more like seasonal. You know, we'll do the stouts and the pigeon porters in the winter, and then the double IPAs and the bombers in the summer. So usually they'll pretty much all make their way back into rotation. It just might take a little while. That's great. That's always the worst when you really like a beer and it's like, oh, that was a one-off. And it's like, oh, great. No, no. Uh, coming back around. And I have to ask, who is Colin? Is he a friend of yours that's gone the corporate route or is he just kind of the the mascot for the uh, corporate lifestyle? He was a longtime childhood friend of Brad and Jason's who... I think Brad went to college with too. And yeah, he's gone the corporate lifestyle and they just really like to pick on him. And, you know, thought it'd be really funny if they made a, a beer series dedicated to making fun of him. And I mean, he hasn't like appreciated some of the labels, but um, yeah, that's Colin, corporate Colin. Yeah, he's got to have some thick skin for that. I think it's one thing to have your friends bust on you on a on a reply all email chain, but he's a he's a beer icon now. So I was going through and I was like, wow, there's a lot of Colin Joe. Yeah, poor bastard. Yeah, I think we've got maybe five five beers with his face on the label. <laughs> oh well, Colin, if you're listening, I feel for you. So. Appreciate you being having the having the thick skin. <laughs> yeah, what, you can definitely take a joke. Yeah, exactly. He should. Yeah, he should. He should. If he, if he can't, then he's yeah. Then he's just. Then I, I don't know. Then he's really being picked on. It, it does. It's not as funny if he's like he's got to be kind of upset with it, but you know, not not crying upset with it. So he's doing fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Suck it up, Colin. You're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at the brewery or when you're creating the labels, is there music or is there artists that you're listening to while you're creating? Yeah. They, I, in my former life, I was a radio DJ. And if you saw my face, you'd get that. But like, is there somebody that's kind of or, or a style of music that, you know, helps you in the creative process or are you a silence kind of guy? Um, no, I like to listen to music, um, and I enjoy silence too. I will go back and forth, but definitely like to listen to music. Um, and I mostly, kind of, pretty much all listen to hip hop. Um, okay. <coughs> a couple of my favorite artists to listen to while I'm working are Aesop Rock, and I'll throw on a lot of Cool Keith. Uh, I think they have more abstract based lyrics and I think that helps with my workflow a little bit but 
Those are always my my two go-tos. Okay, excellent. Uh, are you familiar with either of them? Yeah, Cool Keith. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And being in Chicago, are you White Sox, Cubs? Maybe are you, are you a Twins fan? Um, to tell you the truth, I really don't pay too much attention to sports. All right. But yeah, if I had to pick, I guess I'd have to go Twins, right? From yeah. There. Yeah. If you don't care enough, you can kind of just kind of hop in and hop out. That's how I feel. I think that. Yeah. yeah. Get on the bandwagon. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. I would. I mean, it must have been a good time with the the Cubbies winning. It must have been a good time in Chicago. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, I yeah that's how I look at it. Like I I'm from Philadelphia and I always I'm a homer. I'm in New England and I deal with all that nonsense. But I I always like the team that hasn't won. Like that's how I look at it. I'm like, which team has the better story? So like, the Falcons are in the Super Bowl, so that's where I'm gonna go. Fal- you know, I think that would be good. And just I I, I, don't, I like everybody to have a shot, and I think it works out well. I'm a yeah. sucker. For, I'm a sucker. For, I'm a yeah, yeah, I'm just a sucker for the vignettes and, like, all the stories that they do ahead of time, and it's totally ridiculous. You know, it's, like, two weeks for between games, and they find anybody who's ever done anything kind of, you know, volunteer or has given to this charity. They get, you know, an hour-long special, and then you kind of jerk at your heartstrings. You're like, oh, I guess I'm going to vote for that team. Yeah, yeah. it's well, it's well done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have no, I have no allegiance to these people, but they made me cry more than this this one did. So I'm in. <laughs> Got my vote. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm in on that. Awesome. So in terms of the the barrel age stuff, what what do you what's this won't air for a couple more weeks, so I won't. I don't think we've blown up any of your probably about a month and a half. But is there anything new or kind of that you're working on that folks will be excited about, or you're excited about? Um, it's a, leading, it's a very, it's a very leading question, Luke. Obviously, you're excited about all the beers. You love spiteful, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think we have anything brand new agent in the barrels right now that I know of. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Sometimes there will be a mystery barrel or two that surprises uh, me when it is time to get packaged. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool. I like, I, right now, I like yeah. that. Yeah, as far as I know of right now, I don't think there's anything brand new in the barrels that that we haven't released yet. Alrighty. Well, I'm hoping at some point there's a re-release of the the uh, GFY coffee. I never had that. That sounds amazing. So there's a few of the ones in looking at all the artwork that I was like, oh man, I hope they release that again. That would be great. But that's yeah, totally selfish. Yeah, GFY coffee will will be coming down. Um, like the middle of next month or the end of next month. I forget. But Hell yeah. not barrel aged, just regular. That's fine with me. Yeah, I'm down. That's fine with me. I lo- that's a great beer. So I'm definitely, that's great news. Yeah. I'll probably be gone by the time I get back. But anyway, here, neither here nor there. All right. Well, I, I thank you very much. I really, like I said before, I, I think that you, the artwork you do is great. I think it, Everything, if I guess, and check out spitefulbrewing.com. Great beers we made out of Chicago. I think there's a good energy there. I think they're doing something really unique and not taking themselves too seriously, but putting out a great product, which I think is, you know, is very unique 
And I think that what you're doing from an artistic standpoint is is really capturing that essence. And I think it's really cool. And I, I like the fact that you're writing those stories. If you go to the website, you can see a good amount of the labels. So that that part has to be hard. That to your point earlier, that has to be one of the more difficult parts of the process. You know, it's like to to write that and then get everybody to sign off. So I think you're crushing it. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate it. Excellent. Is there now outside of the outside of the the label artwork world? Is there other things that you're you're working on? Is there other projects from an art standpoint that you're involved in? Um, no other huge projects. Just besides um, drawing with that comic book club and um, working on some comic book strips with them. The Trouble Club is what they're called. But otherwise. Other than that, I just do some drawing and painting in my apartment, and got nothing huge coming up. So is that the is that uh, Trouble, T R U, B B L E Club? Yep. Excellent. Yeah. So if you, you yeah. Can, how'd you know? A, the Google machine helped me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was just I wanted to yeah. make sure before I plugged it that it was the right place. Yep. They're kind of a funny dirty type of comic drawers um i get along with them well that's excellent yeah you check it out there's blog.trouble.club and it's t-r like rubble t-r-u-b-b-l-e dot club so people do buy those unique uh domain extensions so it's good to know (laughs) yeah there's some good comics and some funny stuff some dark stuff that's not so funny, but <laughs> <laughs> to each their own, right? Yeah. Yeah. One man's comedy is the other man's what the fuck. <laughs> sure. All right. Oh man. Don't you go down. I don't on know me. what it's called. I'm trying not to. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a weird way for the interview to go. Let me have the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Very last words. Luke? Yeah, yeah. My last word, yeah, word was was Trouble Club, yeah. You'd make them very famous really quick. But again, uh, thanks so much, Luke. I, I do appreciate your time. Uh, like I said, if folks haven't checked out, you know, spiteful. Uh, you'll you'll definitely when you're in Chicago. Is there is there plans for expansion? I mean, I know you guys are at a point where it's probably you're focused on you know, taking over Chicago. You know, but it, um, how how is that for for you guys the expansion process? Yeah, we are expanding. We have a we have a building that's gonna be about two miles north of where we're at now. Um, we are planning to have a tap room, and awesome. we're getting um, yeah a few new new tanks for production. Um, and we don't have a hard date yet, just because of all the permits with construction and stuff. It's hard to to set a date and then make empty promises, you know. Um, so maybe we're hoping for summerish. Okay. Um, to have that spot up and, up and running. Cool. Well, I hope that uh, there's some open space in the walls and other spots that let you, you know, do some work on and drop some art on. I think that'd be really cool, and I'd be excited to see how that comes out. Yeah, totally. We're really excited to get into a new space and start making more beer, and then also. I'll get um, pre-printed cans too, instead of the ones that we're how we're labeling them now. 
I'm excited to see them fully printed. Yeah, it's a good it's a good evolution and it's a great product. So I think yeah, I think it's great. So again, uh, Luke Snowback, Spiteful Brewing. You know, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and you know, look forward to my next trip to Chicago and see what's what, what's available. Hopefully, some of that GFY coffee stout, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to talk to me too. Yeah, keep yeah. I look forward to it, and I look you know I think yeah I, I look forward to the next for wieners and hopefully uh reemergence of the the dumb donald there's too many there might be too many to to go with in that you know the whole series you probably put on one of the one for each new executive order but that's neither here nor there i'll probably i might edit that out you know i'll start getting hate mail but i, I do appreciate it well who knows he'll probably start picking on us back if that happens yeah, there you go. That can be kind of like, you know, like 1984 sold out. You know, right? You guys have a chance for that. You know, you can't get any of your beers anywhere because they're the anti-beer. And there you have it. Luke Snowbeck. Spiteful Brewing. What I really like about that interview is the size of the brewery. I think it's great for our first four-pack Spiteful is a brewery that, or it's possible a lot, a lot of you have not heard of before. So it's definitely goes to show what the product project is all about. We're really focused on artists and trying to get different breweries from around the country, around the world. And it's not necessarily going to be the largest brewery in the world. It's about the artwork. It's about the culture. It's about doing something unique. And I think that's what Spiteful Brewing is doing. Again, one more time, spitefulbrewing.com. Check them out. Let them know we sent you. They are a piece of Chicago and that great craft beer scene. You have listened to episode three. Already three in the books. So that's really exciting for us. We hope you're enjoying the adventure. Check us out on the Instagram. 16OZ Canvas. 16OunceCanvas.com Use the hashtag Share it, like it Upvote it, whatever you're into We'll find a way for you to do it Coming up next on episode 4 We have Dean McKeever He is a Massachusetts based artist He does work with Treehouse And it's another great story He is the the final piece of our first four pack, which features Dan Blakesley, David Paul Seymour, Luke Snowbeck, and Dean McKeever. So coming up next, we have a little preview for you, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy. You've been listening to the 16 Ounce Canvas Podcast. We thank you for your time. We thank you for checking us out. Music featured in this episode by Scarecrow Collection, the Clinton Administration, and Cool Keith. Keep it real, folks. Until next time, insert cool catchphrase here. And now... For a sneak preview of episode four, featuring Dean McKeever, Massachusetts-based artist 
who's doing some great work for Treehouse Brewing Company in Monsoon, Massachusetts. Are you the guy you should yeah. be going to to get the scoop on what's the new new special beer coming out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, what I'm working on right now, as we speak, is is something like super under lock and key for for Treehouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but I, I, I don't tell anybody. You know, my fiance, she knows because, but she doesn't tell anyone. You know, but um. I mean, it's just like initially it's pretty, it's kind of funny. Like um, when I first started doing the labels, like I didn't get it still about like how high, like in demand Treehouse was. Like I was working on, um, I think it was like my second label, which I think was a curiosity label. Um, that would have been uh, 21. Um, and, uh, and like I had emailed Nate, um, the head brewer there, um some sketches and stuff and i like went up to the brewery and like i was talking to him and there's like a bunch of people around and like again i didn't know that like these you know treehouse fans are like they're like sharks you know they're like frenzy up there you know what i mean and uh i'm like oh well did you get those uh those sketches i sent over for the that uh the curiosity 21 coming out next week and like i said that out loud and he's like you usually like shush me he's like oh, yo quiet quiet come over here quiet. i'm like well, what's wrong? I like didn't get it, and it was like <laughs> it was like this super secretive thing. Like I just had no idea, and like I got in trouble one time too. Not in trouble, but he just like had to tell me like to chill out. Like I was like, um, I did the label for Bear, their their brown ale, right? And uh, I was like posting all of my process sketches of all the different bear heads I was drawing on my Instagram, and I had all these like beer bros like like lurking on my Instagram, like tagging all their beer homies, like, yo, check it out. He's, he's drawing a bear. Like, you think bear's going to drop next week? And then like, I like just didn't get it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of funny that like, that was part of the learning curve too. I was like, I knew that they were a big deal, but like I had never gotten my hands on such a big client before. You know what I mean? To keep it professional and keep everything under wraps, you know? So um, a lot of, lot of learning curve stuff, but, um, 